0: Are you ready, kids?
1: Hi captain. Look at me, short. Sure. I'm the captain
0: now. Welcome to the Super Coach Co-Captains Podcast. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Super
1: Coach Co-Captains Podcast. I'm on your host Dano, and with me, as always, we have Pato. Welcome, Pato. Thanks, mate. Thanks, mate. Uh, Yeah, keen to jump in on another one. Let's go.
0: Yeah, man. Paddo's internet connection is pretty shit again, but we'll work through it. Oh, yeah. Anyway, group weekly winner, Paddo, is Simon of the Footy Fighters with a solid score of 2,392. Who do you have, Paddo?
1: Pretty stock standard team. Um, I mean, he got that score with Lockie Neal, um, captain, with his 108. So pretty impressive considering... He has mills too, um, which is pretty. Uh, no, he doesn't have mills. Oh, there you go. I don't think, but he has Zorko in defence, which is an interesting POD, even though he didn't score great. Um, and he's got the ruck duo of Proust and Witt, which is a bit interesting. But I feel like we might be talking about the ruck line a fair bit tonight, Dana. Um, We're gonna also do a another shout out
0: because
1: I think it's is it the Proustitutes? Prostitutes? Preston. Prestitutes is the way it's named. Um, but he's he's won a couple of weekly shout outs as the as the group weekly winner. Um but yeah, overall rank of thirty-nine as we speak. So that is very impressive. So so great it's job old. on that. Yeah. T whatever T means. What? <laughs>
0: That's right. <laughs> we don't know his fucking name. Anyway, uh, we'll move right along to the not-so-laughable things, which is injuries. Um, to start us off, we've got Brody Grundy, PCL, uh, 8 to 12 weeks. Fucking our old mate Tom Brown, <laughs> who says the sky is blue and the grass is green, um, has said the season. Um, either way, you got to fucking trade, Pado.
1: Yeah, I mean, he was seeing a specialist this week, so... The original diagnosis is eight to 12. They could opt for surgery and that might get blown out to the rest of the season. So I think we'll see Collingwood's endeavor for the, for the rest of the year, depending on that decision. But yeah, not good news. Um, I mean, people that traded out Grundy last week have been kissed on the dick. Um, and that is me included, <laughs> especially to a proof because like we can get proof in without, the price rise, or with the price rise, obviously, um, as well as Hayes this week. But we'll go into that a little bit more. But yeah, Grundy's got to go. Um, at least with DPPs, you could probably swing Grundy to anyone you like, provided you have the cash, obviously. Um, but yeah, eight to twelve weeks. He's got to go. Um, yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Moving. It's actually.
0: Yep. Keep moving because uh, we'll actually... <laughs> yep. we'll we got a lot to fucking get through. Pato, um, Darcy Parish, um, ankle. It looked like or well, it sounds like that it's fine, but um he could miss a week. We don't know. Um so keep an eye out there. Lukey Jackson, Pato, health and safety protocols one week. A fair few uh Melbourne players are in health and safety protocols.
1: Yeah, the there's three players and Simon Goodman as well. Luke Jackson's the only somewhat super coach relevant one. I don't think he should be relevant. People did trade him in though, so he's on the list. Um yeah, I mean great news for Gorn um coming up against Maxie
0: Lynch. Yep, pretty much. And Christian Petrarca. Um, Pato, has he got
1: like a niggle or something? Or we don't really know. Yeah, he's actually been dealing with a bit of a knee issue. Simon Goodwin keeps getting asked about it. And he keeps saying there's nothing. But Petrarca left training early today. Um, Today is Wednesday for those playing at home. And... That is a little bit of cause for concern. He didn't look great on Sunday night. However, he did have a fair bit of attention by the team that don't tag, which is a little bit interesting. But um, look, you've got to hold Petrarca, I think, is a decent trade in option. But as soon as you start hearing about Niggles, you're, you're probably pretty hesitant. And with a high ish break even, you could probably wait to see another week or two. But he plays out against a pretty young midfield on the weekend. So pretty good um opportunity to have a look at him there yep uh, sean darcy concussion one week um we've also got
0: another one patty yeah. McCartan concussion one week Some yeah the,
1: the sean darcy roller coaster I, I feel for people that started him or have him um it was never going to be a great great ride um when he's playing he'll score great but yeah one week for concussion mandatory same with patty mccarton um we obviously hope that he's okay from all they were actually going to appeal the concussion decision to miss a week because they took him off as more of a precaution but the fact that he got subbed off with a concussion it doesn't matter what your name is um he'll miss a mandatory week but i'd be looking at a hold patty mccarton i think he's got more money to make um and he's got a pretty good scoring potential so i'd be holding mccarton personally
0: Yep, anyway, we'll keep bo- uh, moving because we've got a lot of injuries up. Thompson Dow, Corky, uh, at least a week. Mark Pitnett, uh PCL, 8 to 12 weeks as well. And Kai Loman for anyone that traded him in ankle, six weeks. So close to trading Loman in last week. Didn't feel for the kid. But anyway, we'll get the rookie
1: trade ins, Pato, because we can flesh Sorry, out on just, him a bit more. Just quickly. Just quickly, Dano, with Loman, this is exactly why you don't trade in rookies early, but we'll talk about that very soon a little bit more. Yep. Anyway, rookie trade-ins that are on the bubble. First
0: one, Sam Hayes. So he's got a minus 97 break-even, 85 average, got 94 in his second game, number one ruck roll. He's obviously one of the biggest ones that we've got to try and get in this week, considering that there's not many
1: viable rookies to bring in if you are bringing anyone in, Pato. Yeah, you've got to bring him in. Simple as that. He's going to make 300, 350. Um, and that's even being a little bit conservative. So, And he provides pretty good cover as well, for, especially if you're holding a Proust at R2 like I am currently. Um, if Proust misses a week from a stupid suspension or an injury or whatever, you're okay with Hayes for a week or two. Um, anything more than that, obviously, you'll, you'll change things around. But, yeah, you've got to bring Hayes in. That's as simple as that.
0: Yep, and Malcolm Roses, uh, who we spoke about last week, minus 71 break, even 74 average, was a laid out last week. Uh, but he could still play this week, Pato. so we don't really have to go too much into him because we just pretty much said everything we needed to last week.
1: Yeah, just, Stuart, you said there was a little bit of calf soreness, so probably a similar situation to a, to a Crips, even though that happened during a game where... Pure precaution just to make sure they're very aware of these sort of things now to to stop them before they escalate into a a month or whatever injury. So if Rosas is named, I'm pretty confident with bringing him in along with Sam Hayes as a double downgrade this week.
0: Yeah. Uh, Ben Hobbs, minus 10 break even, uh, 50 average. Um, He's playing off half forward, not scoring the greatest. Towards the end of games, he's kind of getting some center bounces, but really kind of like a if you have to like downgrade someone he's still yeah I'm I'm not sold on him myself I'll just say there's that I'm not sold on him options. myself yeah, there's five better
1: options now when Parrish did his ankle in the fourth quarter Hobbs was the one that went into that role and that was when Collingwood kicked like three goals in a row and, and that was pretty much the end of the game so yeah Look, it's a big occasion, so you can't blame a kid for, for not doing well in that situation. But if Parrish misses a week, I can see Hobbs scoring pretty well because he'll get the whole game there. Um, And I think they're playing someone fairly average as well. Yeah, the dog. So, um, actually, they've got a pretty good midfield. <laughs> I wanted to make a dog joke there because they've got the same record as Richmond, but I can't because they've got the best midfield in the comp. So, anyway, moving on.
0: Yeah, uh, Finn Callaghan, uh, minus 9, break even, 62 average, came off a 76. Um, he looks pretty comfortable at AFL level, just plodding along, but he's 198K, so a little bit of an awkward price tag there, Paddo.
1: Yeah, I agree. I, I didn't catch this game on the weekend. However, I'm told he looked very good, but at 198, no, thank you. That's not good. Yeah, he looks at home at AFL level.
0: Um, anyway, um, here's some other rookies that you could potentially go early on, but we're saying don't. But we're just going to bring them up anyway. One of them's Oli Dempsey. So he's played the one game. He's got a minus twenty-eight, uh, it's minus twenty-five break-even, I should say. Just question marks around his job security. Really,
1: um, he could end up getting dumped. Pato. Yeah, he's a forward pocket in Geelong, and he's way too young for their list. So. Um... <laughs> Because he's still a teenager, so not great. I think Danger's back this week, so someone will make way. Um, should it be Dempsey? No, it should, probably should be one of the older guys, but will it be? Probably.
0: Yeah, Paul Curtis minus twelve. I've uh, got a fifty-eight. Um, yeah, it's a bit risky going early, but um, just keep an eye out on him for potentially next week, the week after.
1: Yeah, Pato? I wouldn't. I wouldn't be going early, but the guy kicked one goal three. So if that if that's a two goals two or a three goals one game, we're looking at 80 or 90. So definitely want to keep a close eye on this weekend. Um, North Melbourne play Carlton, so it's not the easiest of fixtures. However, it could be decent cash cow. However, the thing that sucks is forward only, and so is Malcolm Roses. So there's some structural mm-hmm. issues there. Um, but here's one coming through. But definitely keep one more week, uh, one more, one eye, sorry, an eye for one more week on him. Fuck, spit it out, man. Paddo. Jesus Christ, Paddo, what the fuck's going on with you? <laughs>
0: um, anyway, and the next one, now we put a guy on here that hasn't even fucking played a game, Paddo. But we could, but every every man and his dog in the Supercoach world got a stiffy over this bloke in preseason, and that was Greg Clark at 117k, mature age mid. Fucking fired for Subiaco last season. He has been... He will debut Friday night. Will debut. But he's coming off of a shoulder injury, so a bit risky, but hey, it's fucking Greg Clark. So, yeah, he's definitely one to watch Pato.
1: Yeah, I would... I am very against bringing this guy in before he... A, he's played one game, but even if he's only played one game... I don't care if he scored 140 on Friday night against women. What? This is a guy that popped his shoulder out just before round one. Uh, they didn't. They didn't um, do surgery. Obviously, he's missed sort of five, uh, four weeks. He missed. He's played two games in the Waffle, and now he is debuting. So he's he's one botched tackle away from popping his shoulder out again and missing twelve weeks. Um, shades of Josh Dunkley last year. I know it's probably a bit of a sore point for some, but same sort of situation. He popped his shoulder out. They popped it back in. He was fine, and then fifteen minutes later, he fully rips it out, and it's, he missed twelve weeks. So. I am very against bringing him in, especially as an inside mid. Um, I'd even be nervous after two weeks, but this is someone that could absolutely average 95 to 100, and that's not even an exaggeration. This guy is a mature age midfielder, contested beast. Um, He's exactly what West Coast need with Elliot Yeo, looking at an absolute shadow of his former self and, and stuff like that. So, look, he'll be a nice cash cow. Health is the issue with that shoulder, but, yeah, keep an eye out. Yep, um, so we'll look at some trade-in options. So we'll
0: start in defence, as always. First one, Alex in 569k, 116 average. 0.9% of teams, Pato. 0.9, not even 1%. Um, break even 45. If you're going to get him, you've got to get him now, essentially. Um, he's killing it. The only question would be how he goes with McGovern back. Um... Obviously he's not going to be pumping out 150s every single week. No one does, but still he's a fucking jet at the moment, Pato.
1: Yeah, he's absolutely killing it. And it's almost now or never, I think, because I mean the POD aspect is great, but this guy will be over 600 k in no time. And that is way too much to be spending on a defender. I think 570 is too much to be spending on a defender when you can you can get Petrarca for less Dano. You can get Crips for 50K less. You know, there's there's much better value elsewhere. But um It'd be a nice, nice, fun pod to have. Now he scored 63 against North in round two, but since then he's gone 106, 127, 134, 152. So I don't know if McGovern coming back really affects his role too much. Uh um, McGovern doesn't take the kick out McGovern's say ta- uh Wither has taken all of the kick outs pretty much except for a couple from Hearn. Uh and because West Coast is so shit, it's conceding a lot of shots on goals. So Look, he's looking great. Um, he ticks all the boxes. He's got a great role. He's had, he's got a decent history of scoring. Um, if you can muster up the five seventy k, I don't mind it as a trade in this week. But I think there's probably better options in the midfield this week.
0: Yep. Next one we got is Dan Houston five oh five k, hundred and eight average, nine point eight percent of team, sixty one break even. Bit more budget friendly than uh Mister Witho, um, but is Houston reliable? He's a bit up and down at times, Paddy. So what are your
1: thoughts? Yeah, um, not too up and down this year. He's been okay. But in the past, he has been. And Port Adelaide, because they're one and five, they have shown a bit of tendency to throw guys around a bit. Now, Houston hasn't been thrown around, um, but there are some others that have definitely changed roles week to week. So we don't know what the situation going to be with poor Adelaide. If they lose a couple more games that the club think they should, then is Ken Hinckley even safe as coach? And then that throws a huge spanner in everything. So Port Adelaide are a little bit of a volatile co- uh, club to be playing with in terms of trading targets. Um, Houston's not a, not a sexy pick He's not, he's not great to watch or anything like that. But he's pretty solid He's decent value and he's okay to watch. And um yeah, it's not a fun pick, but it's a safe pick. It's kind of like picking Tom Stewart. They know, you know, you're not going to get the 150s like you would with Jaden Short or, you know, Jack Crisp or anything like that. But, you know, you're probably going to get 95 to 110 every week. And mate, for some people, that's okay.
0: Yeah, I get it. I get it. I get it. Um, the next one, who is also a listener, um, like a question relating to this, so it's probably going to answer a their question is Nick Vloston. Uh how do you actually pronounce it? Is it Vlostone or Vloston? Or how would you say it? Vloston. Vloston. There you Vlosten. go. Vloston. Vloston? Let's just call him Mr. Flossy. Yep. Um 460K, 127, average, zero point three percent of teams, fourteen break even. Pado, you're the Richmond guy. You fucking talk about this bloke. Yeah, we've had a
1: lot of questions about Nick Vloston, so I will endeavor to convince people on um on my thoughts so 460k that ticks a box so he's great value great great value 127 now he's not going to average 127 there's no way in hell Um, that will certainly come down now the pod aspect is great the break even is great he's going to make lots of money but you're not bringing him in to make money you're bringing him as a keeper correct He's got, he's had plenty of intercept marks. He's getting plenty of kicks because the ball is spending so much time down there. Um, He's even taking some kick-ins. He's maybe taking 20% of kick-ins next to Jaden Short. So that all ticks the box or ticks all the boxes. However, this is a guy that spent three years with niggling hamstring injuries. That is the biggest red flag you could ever have. So sure. Nick Voston might average 110 until the buy. And he's shown history of scoring like this in little patches, but he's also shown histories of pinging hamstrings. And I don't think you should be wasting a trade bringing in Nick Foston. If you've got him in a draft um, league, you're happy as Larry. Happy as Larry. Um, huge POD. Well, there's no PODs in, in draft, you fucking idiot. But, um, <laughs> yes. but you're laughing because you've got him and someone else has got, I don't know anyone else but um yeah i am against this pick i'm against this pick just because of the hamstring issues ah
0: i could dig it i'm not a big fan either anyway moving on to scott pendlebury 538k 106 average two percent of teams how good does it sound we're saying scott pendlebury in defender primos to bring in how fucking good anyway um he's Pretty much back to playing. What, what Anzac Day? They fucking chucked him back in the middle, and he looked fucking good, vintage. Although I did see him get pinged for holding the ball, and it was the first time I've ever seen Pendlebury not be have like three hundred and sixty degree vision. It was fucked. Um, but anyway, ever can, ever yeah, like I've never seen him get yeah, get pinged neither. like that. And I was like, oh, you're finally seeing Pendlebury starting to slightly slow down. Like fuck. Um, but anyway, um. Yeah, his role is looking good, and he's gone back into the midfield um, a lot at the moment too. So the main question is, can we trust his body, Pato?
1: So what he seems to be doing is spending maybe two and a half, three quarters playing half back, and then towards the end of the third, start of the fourth, they'll chuck him in the middle and pretty much play him in the, in the midfield last quarter. And that's why his score is just pretty much... I mean, his score is solid playing half back, but it's sort of really rockets up it by the fourth quarter and it's another one of those not so sexy picks um he, he doesn't have a huge ceiling because he doesn't have 80 midfield time like he has his whole career but he's going to be mr consistent almost the definition of mr consistent and it's a little bit of a fairy tale because scott peterbury has been such a good super coach player for what 10 12 years now, Dano? So it what what yeah. fitting way to, to maybe have spend his last year of supercoach relevancy in our teams as our D five or D six. Um it's a it's a good fairy tale. Um it's probably not for me. But yeah, it's a nice steady D five, D six. You know you're probably gonna get about hundred average for the rest of the year. And I mean it's better than Stephen May last year at D six. Yep.
0: Yep. Agreed. Anyway, we've got a lot of um Defender concerns at the moment, uh, but that's because the def- and um, we say defender concerns, some of these are like averaging like 95, 96, but it's because the defenders are scoring so fucking highly this season. Like, you got your Hewitts and your fucking Witherdens and shit, that pe- and people are like, oh, fucking Lukey Ryan's only averaging 96. Uh, anyway, um, so you got uh, Lukey Ryan, Jakey Lloyd, Jordan Ridley. The obvious one, fucking Lockie Whitfield. Everyone's like, do we trade them? Do we hold them until the buys? Um, yeah. What what do we do? What do we do, Pato? What do we do with them?
1: Yeah, these are all pretty uh, popular Supercoach picks, and I think it needs to be addressed because it's probably burning on a lot of people's minds. Um, and like Supercoach guns historically as well, especially with Whitfield and Lloyd, like they've been uber primos in past years and have just looked. Shells of their former self, Dano. Um, as I'm sure you know, watching Lucky Whitfield play every week. Um, yeah. just quickly with yeah. Whitfield, he was moved to a wing in the fourth quarter and scored 35 or 40 odd um, in one quarter. So, I he's almost a trade in territory, Dano, as a forward, and If he can stay on that wing role, um, we'll see what happens. I, I think obviously you see what happens this week. Um, but if he plays a wing and, and scores 100, I'd be pretty. Keen to look at him next week, Dano. Um, oh. As crazy as that might sound, especially considering I traded him out after two weeks. But um, I think or if you still have these guys, you've missed the boat on trading them, and you just got to hold them. Um, and they're more of a luxury upgrade at the buys if they're still averaging 90-odd. And you turn them into a, a Jack Crisp or whoever you don't have in that sort of top six to eight range. But I think by now they've lost enough cash that you've just got to ride it out. Um, upgrade the rest of your team worst case scenario you might pick up a couple of really unlucky injuries and you've got to spend a couple of trades fixing that up and they're your d6 now if is Ridley averaging 90 as a d6 the worst thing in the world Don't know no it's not um and who knows it, they're an injury away from changing their role or whatever like Lloyd Lloyd being disrupted a little bit by McInerney and, and Blakey and, and those sort of guys playing playing in the back line. But if Blakey goes down, all of a sudden, Lloyd looks okay. I think he gets a bit more of the ball. Um, So I think he's got to ride it out and happens and and reassess after the buyers. Yep, yep, that's fair. We'll go on to midfield um,
0: upgrade targets. So the first one we're going to mention is Paddy Cripps. 521K, 118 average, 40% of teams. Still got 125 break-even, Paddo, but he's playing North Melbourne this week. He's playing North Melbourne. And if you don't have him, I, re- I reckon like he he's in Uber Primo ter- territory scoring wise. You take away that one injury affected game, he's fucking killing it. So five twenty one k for Crips. If you didn't start him, if you're one of the few people that didn't start him, or well here here's another one. I'll go off on a tangent here, Pado. Would you trade him back in if you traded him out?
1: That's an interesting one. Now I I don't think people should have traded him out. I know if uh, he did, because but-
0: his ownership's dropped a lot, even though it's still 40%. It did,
1: yeah. It did. I mean, he's 520,000. If you ignore the name, a uh, 520,000 uh, primo that's averaging one hundred eighteen, and that's with a 38 in there. Uh, without that, he's probably averaging about 140. The guy has kicked 10 goals on the year in five games, so he's averaging two goals a game, mm. um, getting 30, 35 touches a week. Um, I think it all adds up to an absolute must have. If you're one of the 60% of teams that don't have Patrick Cripps, I would be prioritizing this ahead of other guys like Oliver Steele, etc. We're going to talk about in a second. Yeah. Um, And with a break even of 125, he could hit that against North. Now they could also send someone to tag him, but Patrick Cripps is six foot three and he will just go forward. And if Kane Turner or, whoever goes on him, then he's just going to destroy them up forward and kick a few goals. So yeah. 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 Even That's if he does get tagged and um, they'll just let Sam Walsh go nuts and, and Hewitt and that, all that sort of shit. And they'll win that by fucking 10, 12 goals or something stupid at least. Um. So yeah, absolutely. I think this is the biggest, uh, I mean, aside from Hayes as a cash cow, I think Patrick Cripps. if you don't own him is your biggest trade in priority this week. Yeah. And then our, our next big trade
0: in priority will be Clayton Oliver at 618k, 122 average, 30% of teams have him, 73 break even. He is playing against a team that loves to concede points against midfielders, Pato, like lots of points, and that is Hawthorne this week. I think you, yeah, if you don't have Oliver, this is, I don't think he's going to get any cheaper than 618k, in all honesty. Um, your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I completely agree. And it, you look at the fixture, and now any fixture looks good when it's Melbourne because they are so fucking good. Oh, but yeah. when you look at the teams, when you look at the teams that tag, I mean, they've got Geelong in round seventeen, so they might he might get an O'Connor in that sort of game. Um he may get a, some attention from, from Sydney in round twelve. But other than that, it, it opens up. Pretty, pretty well. Um, so, yeah, I think if you own Crips and you own Hayes, or if you're bringing in Hayes with your other trade, Clayton Oliver is priority number two, um, or number one if you've already got uh, Crips, obviously, because he will not be anywhere near six hundred eighteen thousand for the rest of the year. Um, and with a break in of seventy three, he'll he'll get to over seven hundred k again. I think this year, um, just like he did last year. He's had his poor game um, against Port Adelaide when he got tagged heavily. And he got six to eight. Um, that's not coming up again. He's got Hawthorne this week. St. Kilda might be a little bit of an awkward matchup because they might sort of go still head-to-head against him. But then it's West Coast, then it's North, then it's Freo. So um, it's a pretty good draw coming up the next month. And we could be talking about Oliver in a month time over 700,000. So I think it's now or never yeah. for Oliver. You don't want to be wasting three or four trades just to bring in a guy like this. You've got to get them... You've got to strike when the iron's hot. And yep. I was hoping he wouldn't go this nuts against Richmond. I knew he'd score well. I was hoping it wouldn't be a 170 because it meant he would stay over 600K. But I think this is the week.
0: Yep.
1: Yep. I agree. Um, next play. Callum Mills, 632K,
0: 127 average, 1.7% 1. ownership, 36 break-even. Broke over two, the, two, the 2... Not even the 200 barrier, the 210 barrier, Paddo. Um... There is a concern. I never thought I'd ever say this after a bloke has just done a 200 game. The concern I have with Mills, and I've got him in my draft home league um, with the Draft Doctors guys like Steve and that. Shout out to Steve because he shouted us out on the Draft Doctors podcast. Um, His time on ground percentage, you'd think would have gone up a lot more, Pato. And it actually hasn't. It's kind of stayed the same. And that is a little bit of a worry. And I say this after a fucking 200, 200 I think it was 214 game. But yeah, it, it's it's a weird one. It's a weird one. Um, but he's on fucking heat. And imagine, all I can say is imagine if he does increase his time on ground. It's going to be fucked. He won't be scoring two tens every week, but Shit. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so this is a guy that's got a break even of 36. He's using the Supercoach Gold projections. He's projected to go over 730k Dano, yeah, which is just absolute bonkers. Now, it feels weird to be suggesting people not go down this route, but while he's still being managed, they're clearly managing this Achilles, and that's why his time on ground is down. I'm not touching this guy with a bar of soap while he's... While this is happening now, Kellen Mills had 19 CBAs. Uh, yeah, I mean, you can, depends what you're into.
0: (laughs) Oh shit. (laughs) Paddy's going around touching people with bars of soap. Anyway, keep going
1: (laughs) Paddy. Hygiene is important, but anyway, um, <laughs> no, I I, <laughs> I I'm I'm happy to let Callum Mills go through to the keeper. Um I I don't love it just because of the injury. Um he'll he'll have big games and I mean good luck if you do jump on. Um it's gonna be a bit of a roller coaster. We have to keep in mind though, he had an Achilles injury last year and we both had him last year, Don I but mm. he missed four of the last six rounds with this Achilles injury now. That's that Supercoach Finals. That's a waste of a trade. If you're bringing him in, that's two trades just on Callum Mills and whatever he scores over the next however long. So I'm happy to to not go there just because of the injury history.
0: Yep, that's fair. The next bloke we have we've we've been mentioning this guy pretty much every week, and his price keeps going up and up. And that's Ben Keys at five ninety one k, one twenty three average, three percent of teams. Fucking POD, POD screaming out. 108 break even. He hasn't dropped below 106, Pato. And he's, he's a 6th ranked mid. And he just goes about it. Obviously, like, his disposal could be a bit better. But when you're fucking averaging 123 and getting the ball as much as him and you're fucking tackling like a bitch and, oh, my. Just, yeah, I'm, I'm all about Ben Keys.
1: I'm all about him. Yeah, this has Jared Lyons last year written all over it. Dano. It's not a 6 pick. It's a pick. It, it, yeah, same sort of thing. Um, yeah. Guthrie had the injury, though, so that sort of derailed his uh, season. But yeah. um, doesn't have the ceiling. Now, he got 149 against Collingwood. Um, but he sort of floats around that 110, 120 mark. Um, and it could be a, a fun little POD. He's under 600,000 now. His break-even at 108 because he is sort of floating in that consistent scoring. Um, but if you if you're gonna get 110 from a guy every week and you're not gonna have fluctuating scores like Petraka, um, where one week you get 90, the next week you will get 130. Like I would take 110 every week over a Petraka. Um, sure, it looks good when you when your guy gets 180 um points because he's kicked four goals from the midfield and had 35 touches like Petraca, but um you know he's he's in fucking 24% of teams. That's Christian Petraka. Keys is in what did you say? Two percent, three percent of teams. Yeah. Um, and you know what you're going to get every week. Now he's not a captain option, and maybe that's not the appeal for a lot of people. But at un- under six hundred thousand, um, as your M8, you could do much worse. Don't know. I?
0: Yeah, I, I like Keyes. I like him a lot. Um, Jack Steels is our next one. Six fifty one K, one hundred nineteen average, twenty nine percent of teams, one hundred and seven break even. Pato is gonna froth because he's got him. And I'm not gonna to get too far into that one. Um 132 three round average though, Pato. Um he's looking the goods. Don't don't poke the bear, Dano. Yeah, I won't. I won't. I won't.
1: But we'll, we'll, um we'll
0: put the muzzle
1: on. Put the muzzle on. <laughs> yes, it feels weird to be suggesting a guy that's six hundred and fifty one thousand, but it's pretty much now or never. Um because he's not dropping below this price, I don't think, for the year. Um, he's really hard to tag because he's a contested beast. And he kind of tags himself. It's kind of like Callum Mills where you, you wouldn't put attention on him because if anything, they're the ones that go to the best mids for the opposition. So you're either going to bring in Jack Steele or you're just going to be pushing shit uphill to bring him in. And I'm shocked that he's only in 29% of teams because he's, a, he's just the, the definition of supercoach pretty much. Um, yep, so look, if I'm saying that Cripps and Oliver are priority number one or two as a primo in this week, Jack Steele's number three. Um, they're not cheap. Well, Cripps is cheap for his output, but Oliver and Steele are both over 600K. But yeah, you're going to want, him in, want them in your team. It's as simple as that. So I think you need to try and do what you can to bring him in if you don't have him.
0: Yep. Um And yeah, we actually put Patrick Cripps down twice Sick um, There's going to be one that I'm going to say To keep an eye on over the next few weeks And that is Took Miller Now, we touted him as being one of the top four mids We reckon by season's end And he hasn't been going about it in his normal way But I can still see him fucking going back on it And pumping out 110 plus every week soon And he's getting to the cheapest he's ever going to be so over the next, see see how he goes this week. I don't even know what his break even is, Paddo. I know it won't be the greatest. Um, we can look that up. Yeah. Right so now. there's
1: actually a few midfielders that are looking a bit similar in the same sort of bracket. So we'll quickly touch on that just because you mentioned it. But yeah, here we go. Tim is Miller is definitely one of them. 130, 130 break, even. break even. Yep. Yeah. So he's definitely one I'm keeping an eye on as a.
0: Sorry. Oh, he's five seventy eight k at the moment too.
1: You've lost yeah, almost so he's 100K. definitely one that I'm – yes, he has. So yeah. he's one I'm definitely keeping an eye on as a fallen premium. He might get to about 550 soon, which is insane. Now, in, in saying that, he could, well, absolutely destroy Collingwood and score 150 and sort of go upwards in price. Another one is Andy Brayshaw, who has a pretty high break-even, sitting at 596 at the moment. A break-even of 110, but he could cop the o- – o, um, Oh, fucking whatever his name is from Geelong O'Connor tag <laughs> this week or even a Guthrie and may have a low-ish game. So he's another one I'm definitely keeping a close eye on as a fallen premium. So, um, yeah, as, as important it is to have guys like Steele and Oliver as your uber primos, um, it's just as important to find the value when it arises and timing that trade-in. Yep, um, and there's two absolute falling primos. Now another one is Darcy Parrish who I like. See how he is this week. He's got that ankle. He's got the dogs this week. So if he goes sub 100, he might get to about 580k and he's looking nice and juicy next week. So just just watch this space on a few of these midfielders. Um, is probably about to plummet in price because somehow Bevo thought it'd be appropriate to play him a full forward for a whole half and he got four fucking <laughs> touches. Um, so, yeah, and, and if Leon Cameron ever finally gets the fucking sack, Josh Kelly a, is a 520K. Yeah. Um, yeah. And he's one role change away from being a brilliant option at that price. So, um, not that people want to jump on someone like that, but if Leon Cameron finally gets his packing orders, Stevie J might ignite something in Josh Kelly.
0: Yep. Yep, couldn't agree more. Uh, we'll move on to the Rucks now. So we've got Maxi Gorn, first one at 658k, 118 average, 42% of teams, 129 break-even. He could easily fucking kick the shit out of this break-even this week against Hawthorne because who does he have, Pato. He's
1: got Max Gorn, uh, Max Gorn, Max Lynch, yeah, which um, is actually interesting because they played against each other last year when Grundy went down and... Max Lynch was at Collingwood and I will try and quickly bring it up while I talk. But um, for some reason, Lynch beat him. And I remember it clearly because I had the C on Max Gorn and I thought for sure Max Gorn was going to get 180 at least. Like it looked like the most sure thing captain option in the history of super coach. And somehow he came out and scored shit ass. Um, (laughs) He scored Wait, it was 123. It That's wasn't that bad. That shitty as to me. Um, but, but, but Collingwood beat them. Yeah, right. Um, and, and that was surprising to everyone. And Max Lynch scored 63. So that wasn't that great. Anyway, that, I, I built that up to be something that it really wasn't. But anyway.
0: <laughs> pado with um, the clanger.
1: Yeah, Max, Max. Yeah, yeah. There's a clanger <laughs> yeah. and a um, But no, if you can find the 100 and... 14K it takes to get Bru- uh, Grundy to Gorn if you don't already own Gorn um, I think that's a no-brainer Gorn is is clearly the number one ruck if you don't include English in the conversation um, English and Gorn are clear one and two I think um, so yeah that's the obvious one but there's a lot to pay but again Gorn is trending upwards in price and you're not going to get him any cheaper for the rest of the year. And add to that, Luke Jackson misses this week with COVID. So, yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Let's just hope Melbourne don't have a mini outbreak. Let's just say yeah. that. But, um, yeah, Gorn, Gorn is the obvious sideways premium trade for me. Yep. And then the next one we got is Braden Proust
0: at 298K. So he's had his price rise, 109 average, 36% of teams own him. Minus forty six break even. I don't think it's a week late, honestly. Um but in saying that well it you could make a fuckload from going Grundy week, down
1: to Bruce. It is a week late because he's already gone up ninety four K, but he's still gonna make enough money to justify the trade, I think. Um
0: I think if you going, he might even
1: get to five hundred I think if you're
0: going Grundy down to Bruce, you've seen enough of Bruce. I think you're picking Bruce for the season. It's not just to make yeah, cash; I agree with that. it's picking him and, for the
1: season. And the good thing is, you with the DPP swings we have currently, you could easily just park Team English in your forward line. Have by the time Hayes is ready to downgrade to to, to pocket the cash, you just go to a one hundred two K rookie that is a forward and ruck, and you just have English as your as your R three cover. And I, I think that's the play. That's what I'm planning on doing. Um, and I think that's a pretty good plan. So, at this stage, last week with Pruce was a stepping stone. With the Grundy news, now I think Pruce is a, a keeper, um, and hopefully, the Giants don't do anything funky with that. But from all accounts, Dano, Pruce, and Flynn looked incredible as a ruck duo. And how has it not been done from round two onwards? Is beyond. Don't that? get me
0: started. Um, one of the things with Pruce though is that in that last quarter. And this is the last quarter. He well, last time I checked, he had twenty-four hitouts in the last quarter. Or well, the Giants had twenty-four hitouts, and most of them were Proust. That's fucked up. But the uh, downside is he won it so easily, but he kept getting sharked by the opposition. There were bugger all hitouts to advantage. If he can switch those hitouts to hitouts to advantage, he's going to be fucking insane. And that's scary because he's averaging one hundred and nine. At his
1: price. So,
0: yeah, I reckon if you bring him in, is, he's going to be a keeper.
1: Is that only because Marshall went down with injury and obviously Hayes did an ACL? Yeah, yeah. So, still. Well, sorry, Hayes didn't play, play that game. Um, but... No, he did yeah, yeah. Hayes I mean, played. Yeah, he Bruce, went down Bruce, early.
0: Yeah. yeah. But anyway, the fact is he had sheer dominance and he just needs to get them... As hit out to advantage. Anyway, Riley O'Brien's our next one. 522K, 106 average, 4.5% of teams, 55 break-even. He's a fucking POD and a half. Doesn't really miss games. Solo
1: rucking, Pado. what are your thoughts? Yeah, it's not quite as a sexy pick as Gorn or Proust, but you pocket a little bit of cash by doing this. You pocket 22K. Uh, break-even at 55, so we'll go up a little bit in price. Averaging 105, that's fine from a guy that's aver- uh, that's priced at 520K. Um, as, a, as a ruck and yeah, I mean he's had one really random low score against Essendon at 61 and Essendon are a team that actually traditionally give up big points to rucks so that's really weird um, but other than that he hasn't dropped below 92 so it's not quite as sexy uh, but he's he doesn't miss games either so he's a really solid pick. He, uh, and I say that now and, and here comes a fucking Riley O'Brien injury. Dana will probably put the moxie on him uh, Touchwood, Touchwood,
0: Touchwood, yeah. <laughs> um. Anyway, we'll move on to the forward line, and a guy that we've already mentioned previously uh, is Lukey Parker at four seventy-five k now, ninety-six average, one point eight percent of teams a fifty-three break-even. You got twenty-one center bounces attended on the weekend, uh, Pado. And if I quickly look at something. This is this is uh, Lukey Parker. He's gone up 23% um, from round five to round six for center bounces attended. So the previous round, he only had 52%. Round six, he had 75%. So that's fucking sexy
1: good. That is sexy good. He had more than Mills, didn't he? Yeah, he did. He did. Um, only a few more that he had more than Mills who scored 210. So... Luke Parker is a very interesting one. Now, you wouldn't be considering him as a midfielder, but as a forwarder, it completely changes things, don't I? Yeah. Now, he did have a a 36, uh, 39, sorry, in his history. So that kind of scares you off a little bit. Uh, But the role looks really good. Now, if anything, Heaney's actually playing more forward and they've moved Parker into the midfield, which is concerning if you're a Heaney owner, but I'm not. So I don't give a fuck about that. Um, so yeah, Parker Parker's an interesting one because next week his 39 comes out of the rolling average. So while his break even is at 53, I want to see this for one more week, Dano. And I want to see it for one more week because it's almost certain we've set him for a couple of weeks, but I think Papley's actually returning this weekend. Yeah, and I want to see the role with Papley now. I hopefully Heaney and Parker both play bulk minutes in, in midfield against Brisbane. And that's enough of a sample size for me to say, yep, I'll grab Luke Parker at about 500K and he'll average 100 for the rest of the year. And I'm happy with that. Sure, his scoring will be a little bit up and down. Luke Parker has always been up and down. That's why he hasn't been a great super coach option as a midfielder. But as a forward, I mean, most people, most of us have Zach Butters, Dano, who has scored 150s and has scored 60s. Like, that's the definition of up and down. So yeah, Luke Parker was a fucking breath of fresh. Fresh air compared to to Zach fucking Butters at the moment. So um, Luke Parker's definitely one I'm keeping a keen eye on. And 1.8 percent of teams don't know. I suspect that will maybe be about five percent by this time next week. Yeah, but we'll that's at- still yeah. really great POD territory.
0: Yeah, we'll just look at his last four years worth of fucking scores. So. 2018 average 103.5 2019 105.1 2020 106.3 2021 108.7 and now at the moment he's 96.3 he's not even 30 yet he turns 30 or oh, six months time I think he's yeah october 25th so like, he's still in prime category um, prime fucking age. So, I, I actually really like the Luke Parker pick. Um, how much does he go up, let's say, if he scores 110, Pado? What's his projected, actually? Probably about
1: 20,
0: 25, k Let's see. They reckon... Yep, no, that's about right. Yep, cool.
1: Yeah, so, I don't mind it. Yeah, I don't no. mind it at all. Yeah, so... For some reason, people think Luke Parker is old, and he's not. He's 29 years old. Now, he's played 241 games, so he's old in terms of footy experience, and he's got a little bit of Brett DeLito about him, but he hasn't had the injury history. He has played plenty of 22s um, in terms of games over a year in his career, so uh, it's almost full free. Now, yeah, as you said, Dana, the averages over the last four years or six years, what, eight years, sorry, really. Yeah. Um. As a forward, you're happy as Larry with that. As a midfielder, no, as a forward, yep. So yeah. look, one more week, if he scores another ton, sign me the fuck up next week.
0: Yeah, 100%, 100%. Um, next one we got on here. Ugh. Ugh. Oh, this, this feels foul. Pato, this is fair. This is fair. Oh. We have to we have to talk about it. Uh, it just feels like I'm rubbing Kane corns' ego talking about this guy. But we have to. Uh oh.
1: Connor Rosie. He's too uh, busy worried uh watching genevan highlights from Anzac Day. <laughs> they know he's not worried about us. Okay, Connor Rosie, three ninety eight K,
0: seventy five average. What we're talking about, though, is he's a 103-round average, 1.1% of teams, minus 13 break even. You basically... It, Ken Hinkley's just gone, fuck you, Butters. We're going to chuck Rosie in the middle. And he did that for half a game. And then, well, last week he did it for a full game. So, what the fuck? Put Butters back in there, Ken. What the fuck you do? Anyway, he played a full game... Um, last round and scored 153 from midfield. Is it sustainable though, Pato?
1: Is it sustainable? So two weeks ago when Port Adelaide almost came from the depths of hell to beat Carlton from absolutely nowhere um, Butters, uh, not Butters, Rosie was one of the guys that was thrown to the midfield and did really well and was part of that group. So He was on about 30-odd at halftime and finished on 91. So, yes, if you do the math, that's about 60 and a half. He was then rewarded with a midfield spot against West Coast for the whole game, scoring 153, as we all know. And all of a sudden, because he scored 153, everyone's like, oh, Connor Rosie! oh, he's under 400,000. Oh, oh, oh. He's done this before. Uh, Rosie's very young still, um, but... He's done this in patches before, but in a month's time when the forward line's no good because Motlop is an overrated fucking hack um, <laughs> and Robbie Gray is as old as the fucking the pyramids, um, Connor Rosie will get thrown back forward. And I'm pretty confident of that. The 153 you will not get. So forget that he scored 153 against a waffle team. If he scores 120-odd against St Kilda, maybe I'll start to take notice. But I do not like this pick at all. He's got a break-even in the negative. So, sure, he'll make cash. But we don't even know... I, I mentioned this before. We don't even know if Ken Hingley's going to have a job in a month's time.
0: Yeah.
1: And if that happens, things will get thrown around. So, I do not like this at all. I would be staying away from this. I wouldn't even touch this with a 10-foot pole. Um. Yeah, no, no, but we have to address it because a lot of people are talking about Connor Rosie and his trading options and blah, 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 but no, no, no.
0: Yep, that's fair.
1: Next bloke, um, our
0: mate Daniel um, is intrigued by, and I know a lot of people are, and that's Tom Liberatore. The 535k, 100 average, 0.6% of teams. He's got a break-even at 91. He's been thrown fucking back into the midfield Bevo was playing him up in the forward line. Don't know fucking why. They're going shit. They put him back into the middle again. He's got a three-round average of 112, Pato. So,
1: do we look at him? And I say yes. Yeah, I'm definitely intrigued by Libba. Um, I tweeted about this, I think, at halftime during the game. Whatever, it doesn't really fucking matter. But now... The Western Bulldogs have seven guys averaging 100 and over, and that includes Tom Libertori at right on 100. They've also got Adam Chalool on 97. So if you round that up to 100, they've got eight guys averaging a pretty good score. How many dogs is too many dogs? Don't know. It's weird because they're also two and four. It's not even like they're Melbourne where you're not surprised because they're belting teams every week. This is a team that's two and four, and they've got these ridiculously high-scoring supercoach players. yeah, Libba's great. Um, 535000 is a great price. We know what Libba can do. He's been a cash cow before when he came off the ACL. Um, the midfield minutes were there. He essentially swapped with Bontempelli over the weekend. And when when they realized that they needed to put Bontempelli into the midfield, Libba stayed there. Now, whether that was because it was a matchup thing because Adelaide are quite a contested team, and they really shut down on Smith and McRae. They completely nullified their outside game. They outnumbered them at stoppages, and that's why Dunkley and Libba both scored so highly is because it was such a contested game. Um, I don't know if it's sustainable. We'll see what Liber does this week. I want to see it for another week. Um, he'll be probably be matched up against Darcy Parish if he does play in the midfield, so that's a pretty good test for him. If he scores another high score next week, I'll be keeping a very keen eye on him. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, Luke Parker's a lot cheaper, and that's probably where you go down the line of value in a in the forward line, I think. Um but Libba's very attri- a, a very intriguing option.
0: Yeah. And our last bloke uh, in the forward line that we got, who's also a Ruckman, uh, is Peter Laddams at 461K, 115 average, 0.6% of teams, minus 13 break-even. Short term not a bad play but Hickey comes back when Paddo
1: he's 3 or 4 weeks away uh yeah. barring any setbacks obviously so i don't love this um Peter Adams is third on the list of traded in not in my team and he's probably pretty high up on most people's lists um i don't love it people look at the most recent scores and they think oh yeah he's going to score like that but he's not it's so obvious that he's not. Um, do not trade Peter Adams in. Um, he might score great for the next couple of weeks, and people will be, oh, he's 550K. He's got me 300 points over two weeks, but I don't give a fuck. He's going to average 80 for the rest of the <laughs> year. Do not do it. You'll regret it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's been controlled a little bit this week, listeners, uh, but he's still letting loose, is loose as goose, Pato. Uh. Oh, fuck. We'll go on to the viewer. um sorry, viewer. Fuck me, Dad. Oh, listen to questions. Um, we'll start with Facebook, Paddo. Um, so Sam has said, What's the amount of trades you guys have left? And ideally, how many would you want at this point in time? And then he goes on to say, Surely this is the week to use a boost to bring in one to two guns, etc. Um, I'll quickly go to mine. By the way, can I just say... I had the most disgusting week and I've never had this happen before. I dropped 10,000 spots in one week, Paddo, for a 2071 because I had... Listen to this. This is how fucking past my week was. So I started Jack Hayes on the fucking field once my team decides to... Oh, no I That's a great start to the, the week, isn't it, Dono? Yeah. And then I had... Listen First to this. It, get, the it gets better. So I had McCray as captain... So, he only got 92. So, fucking shit house there. Um, I had O'Driscoll on field with the 42. Um, This is where it really fucking hurts. So, I had Zach Butters. Yep. I traded in Petrarca for Raul. And Raul outscores Petrarca. <laughs> I I went, oh, do I try and get with it and, or do I go Degowie? And I went DeGoey because of Anzac Day. And that's almost fucking... I think that's like what... Like eighty point difference right there. <laughs> yeah, like... the weird
1: thing is, um, <laughs> the the prison bar guy actually um had a good game, but he had a bunch of cl, clang- he had eleven clangers. um oh, dude, get this
0: Looked great. He was. He was. Listen, listen. The the third trade is the worst one. So roses was a late, like a laid out. So I went hmm. Who can I pick um, to replace him? So there was either Loman, who I didn't go for, thankfully. Then it was between Hobbs and McInnes, and I went McInnes and put him on field for a solid fucking 17. Oh,
1: because no. I didn't and like Josh Ward's... As well.
0: Sorry, so <laughs> I didn't like Josh Ward. He had two touches, don't I know, it was disgusting. So that's how bad my week was, everyone. So... I actually have 28 trades left because um, I went hard last week with the boost and it fucking failed. But the only way is up from there. Surely, to go, he does a bit better than a 76. Surely, Petraka goes better than an 87. Can I just mention, I traded out Bowie as well.
1: Didn't he score 90-odd? He scored over 100, I'm pretty sure. Oh, yikes. This is so yeah, he bad. he scored 106.
0: <laughs> The worst long week of long trading. term bad trades. Oh yeah, I know. I know that much. It's just the the perfect week to absolutely fucking spud your trades, and that was me. Um, I don't go around fucking flogging people on Twitter though about these trades. Okay, I'll stop poking a bit. I'll stop poking a bit. I'll stop poking a bit. I promise. Uh, um, to so-
1: answer the question, I have twenty seven trades left currently. I think I'm going to use another three this week and sit on 24. Um, Ooh. But I look at on field, I've probably only got six upgrades to make. Yep. So I'm okay with that situation. Um, whether Luke McDonald's a keeper or not, we'll see. He probably isn't. Um, so maybe that's seven upgrades and, and Luke McDonald will be a a sort of a 50 to 100k upgrade so that's kind of a half upgrade so six and a half upgrades to go so well i'm yeah i i was very against using trade boosts early but i think i've changed my tune on that a little bit thanks to the guys in dr supercoach um who are of the opinion that i mean they're pretty wasted if you hold them up until the buys and if you've got a fully upgraded team and someone's laid out with COVID, you're going to have a trade left anyway so you just use it you don't need a boost so um, I'm I'm trying to be aggressive. I've got to make up some ground as well. Um, so I'm trying to just get to full primo as quick as possible without cheaping out too much. Yeah, that's um, fair. as I it just, stands, yeah. with after trades, crypts is my M6, which I'm super happy with. Yeah, I'm just, oh, I'm I'm
0: just filthy, man, about last week. But anyway, um, Tate's got one. As always, um he says, You always talk about what I ask before you get to the question I ask, but better be safe than sorry. Paddo, you would have watched the Tigers, so he's <laughs> go straight into Boston. Boston a must have with yeah. a break even of sixteen. <laughs> I saw he was sharing the kick in duty so that's a big plus. So obviously we've already spoken about him, so like a tate, we won't even answer that one. We're basically saying not. Nah. Um then he goes on to say, is it time to jump off Jason Horn Francis? He has Carlton, so I'd love to keep him, but he gets me to Vlosten. Um, we'd say I reckon it's time to jump off, but at the same time, wouldn't be trading him in for <laughs> trading Vloston in. Would you agree, Pato?
1: Yeah, so Horn Francis actually probably has a little bit more money to make. Um, he had a poor score against the Bulldogs, which will roll out of his rolling average after this week. so And he'll go up a little bit more. Now, if he can score another ton, he might go up another 50, 60, 70, even 100k, depending on his scoring. But I, in saying that, I'm training out Horn Francis this week. I still have Raoul. I still have Dacos. I much prefer trusting them on field than Horn Francis. But in saying that, I've heard a little rumour and I haven't put on the cheat sheet, uh, the run sheet, because... I heard it post-run sheet, Dano, but Dacos is rumoured to be rested this weekend. Interesting. Very interesting. Now, it's only a rumour. I don't have a direct line to Collingwood because I don't like associating with criminals. I heard that he may be rested this week. So, Sorry. I mean, that might even help his cash gen post-rest because maybe a rest is all he needs and he'll go back to scoring 90 plus and happy days. Maybe, maybe, yeah. yeah. Um, we've got
0: Jason uh, has said, torn between Oliver and Mills as next slash current upgrade target. Which one is best choice out of the two and why? Well, we let's, let's look at the fixtures. One, we've already spoken about time on ground percentage. We like um, Oliver better. Then you look at this round. Oliver has Hawthorne, who concede nice points against inside and outside mids. Also, I'm going to give um, Stevie Fizz uh, from the Draft Doctors a shout-out for his amazing Excel spreadsheet, basically saying what positions uh, that score well and score poorly against which teams. And, like, who, who does Sydney have this week? They have Brisbane. So... Inside mids are kind of neutral um, and outside mids are kind of neutral against them. So already there's a big tick for um, Oliver against Hawthorne, which like Hawthorne concede a fuckload against inside and outside mids. So who do they have the next round, Paddo? Which one do each of them have the next round? We we'll could do three rounds. We'll do yeah, three Oliver,
1: rounds. Oliver's got Hawthorne and uh, Mills has Brisbane, which is. Tough matchup for Mills and a really matchup. We've
0: already said, that. We've already for said Oliver. that. Next round. Next round, Pato. Next round. Okay. Give
1: me one second if my fucking laptop wants to work. <laughs> uh, St. Kilda next week. So, yeah, Who's that's that? a tough matchup for, for Oliver. Oliver.
0: St. Kilda. Um, inside mids, neutral. Outside mids, bad. So he'd be more of a neutral. Who does Mills have?
1: Uh, Mills has apparently. I don't have any Sydney players in my team, so I have to look them up manually.
0: I would have thought you would have gone the uh, the AFL app, Pato. Proud sponsor.
1: No, that's too easy. That's too easy, mate. Yeah, that's that's uh, awesome. they've got goalpost in round eight.
0: Oh, okay. So the Suns, the Suns concede, yep, to inside and outside mids. Yep, so that's cool. And then the last round. So that's a win for um, Mills there. Then the last round we've got Mills versus Essendon. So Essendon inside mids neutral, outside mids actually score bad against Essendon. Um, it's kind of a blend of the two, more so uncontested possessions. And then we Oliver to... has West Coast. Oliver has fucking West Coast. Do I do I even want to look this one up, Paddo?
1: No, so actually, Oliver actually has a pretty shit record against West Coast um, compared to other teams anyway. And I think last year he scored, his last two scores against West Coast have been 98-99, which for 90% of the comp is really good. But for Oliver, it's not good. So that may be a tag um, for Oliver in that game, but we'll see. They'll get flogged anyway. So
0: who who would you t- bring in though out of the two after going crunching the numbers for
1: three? Uh, if if my thoughts before didn't make it really clear, I'm not keen on Mills. I love Mills as a player. He'll have some big scores, but that Achilles scares the fuck out of me. So I'm Olive, I'm team Oliver all day. Yep. Okay.
0: We'll go on to Twitter now, Pato. Um let's have a look. I think we only got one on Twitter. Yep, Duncan. So he said, Clary is a must-have this week, but can only afford him via chopping one of Berry Kerno or Cherry. Berry is probably the best scorer, but the latter have better matchups. Who makes way? He has to chop one of right. Berry Kerno or, cher- uh, cher-
1: or Cherry. Trading Kerno before playing North Melbourne is very risky business. Mm. Because he could go big against them.
0: He actually has the capability. Well, I'd love to see his scoring history
1: against uh, against North. He he's fourth? missed the last two against North because remember Charlie Kuno always injured. Yeah, but uh,
0: let's see his actual history. History. Let's let's look at his history. History. Oh, he's last. Yeah, time just seventy four
1: against North.
0: Yeah, so that's actually not that great.
1: No, yeah. but I can see a one hundred and twenty coming from Charlie. So regards to Cherry, um, keep an eye on Team Shapes. There's a rumor that he may make way for Coleman Jones, which is really fucking weird. Um, I've heard different. I've heard that they're trying
0: to—they're pl- going to try and play all three of Coleman Jones, Cherry, and um, Goldie, but they're going to give Coleman Jones more of the ruck duties, is what I've heard.
1: How well did that work in round one for them, Dano? Well, how well are they going in general? Oh, shit ass. And Goldstein (laughs) in or out of the team doesn't make any fucking difference to that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And yeah, I mean, Barry's looking okay, but that shoulder um, is concerning, but Jared Berry might have a role to play against Mills. And that actually helps his scoring by having that inside role. So it's a tough one. I'd probably be leaning towards Cherry after a couple of downish scores um, and keeping the other two guys you're, you're
0: just hoping for that 120 game for Kerno. I, I think it'll
1: happen he's playing North Like key forwards have destroyed them all year
0: well just not d- just
1: key forwards everyone has let's look at the sheet and I think you're
0: right but I'll just double check the sheet North Melbourne we have general forwards very good key forwards good
1: of course. Yeah. So, yeah, I I would not be trading out Charlie Kernow before North. Yeah. Okay.
0: that's Pato's thoughts right there. Um, we'll move on to the VCNC options for this round, Paddo, So, we're not called the Super so, uh, Supercoach Co Captains for nothing. Every week, we give you guys VCNC options, try and set your team apart from others. We do some few smokies in there, and I've got a fucking smoky straight away on the Friday night, Pato. And he's a huge POD too. So Friday, it's at Optus Stadium. We got Eagles versus Richmond. And my smokey is fucking Alex Witherton as a VC against the Tigers.
1: Just quickly, how the fuck is this game on a Friday night? I have no fucking idea. Because this is this is going to be a woeful game anyway. Um, Richmond are actually resting Trent Cotchin and Robbie Tarrant. So what the fuck? <laughs> Yeah, because it's a five-day break. I'm shocked that they're not running Sydney-Brisbane Friday night and having Richmond West Coast Sunday. But anyway. Actually, Sydney played Monday, so there's no way they'd play Friday. Anyway. Um,
0: yeah, I'm not... It doesn't I'll, make I a actually, lot of sense.
1: I, look, yeah, Witherden or
0: even a short, but Witherden's my big smoky POD this week.
1: I, I honestly don't love anyone in this game. I think there's some really, really... There's a potential that some guys could go 150 plus. Like, I'm talking like five or six really popular picks. So, I'm not touching anyone from either of these first two games.
0: Yep. Yeah, that, that's fair enough. That's fair enough.
1: Um, but even if you don't
0: have them, I'm, I'm, pick, I'm picking players that yeah, people don't no have. Oh, no okay. one. I'm oh. not, no, I don't, I, I I don't will like give options, options listeners. I will give options for the next Maybe game. Maybe Tim Kelly. Tim Kelly. Oh, nah, fuck that. Uh, with, with it, it's the you only asked. one I like from the Eagles. With it, it's the only one I like from the Eagles. Yeah. Anyway, Saturday at EFG Stadium, Geelong Cats versus the Frio Doakers. um yeah. yeah. If O'Connor
1: doesn't play, Andy Brayshaw. They might still put attention to him. They might still send a Guthrie to him. Well, if Matty Lloyd is as
0: accurate and as an expert as he is, is right about Andy Brayshaw being the best fucking midfielder in the competition right now, he should be able to fucking beat it. (laughs) Lloyd is the new Kane Corns,
1: in my opinion. (laughs) I don't love it. Kane Corns is the new Kane Corns. (laughs) Popped Corns.
0: Um, Okay. You don't like anyone else?
1: No.
0: Nah. nah, nah, nah. Move on to two hundred ten PM at Adelaide Oval. The Adelaide Crows versus the GWS Giants. Giants are gonna go one and six uh, after this game. Um Crows will win the Crom. Ben Keen's the Ben Keys for a solid one twenty.
1: Tom Green, Dana.
0: You know what? You know what? If the Giants win, Green will go huge. If they don't win, I reckon he'll get about 108, 110 maybe.
1: Adelaide love conceding big scores to, to contested mids. That is true. That is very... Oh,
0: you're making me change my tune now. You're making me change my tune.
1: The issue is, Dano, this game overlaps with probably the most obvious three VC options in the whole <laughs> yeah, season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yes,
0: indeedy. <laughs> yeah okay so You'd I think we just be... move on straight into that game yeah okay Melbourne versus Hawthorne at the MCG 4.35pm We, yeah Petrarca, Oliver, Gorn take your pick yep
1: Yeah. they'll all probably go 140 plus yep take your pick not even liking Tom Mitchell
0: not even liking Tom Mitchell he's been a bit no. eh Oh, next game. What the fuck is this? Where is CS? Oh, Kazales. Oh, fuck Cazales me, dude. Stadium. Oh, I completely went fucking mental blank then. Um, we've got St Kilda versus Port Adelaide Power. And we already know who Paddo likes in this one.
1: Yes, I hear about someone in this game, don't I? Yeah, Jack Steele, you know, yeah, Jack Steele. Did you not hear that? No, you cut out. <laughs> oh, sorry. I I actually made a really good joke. Um, oh. I'm very steel. I'm very steely about someone in this game.
0: Oh yeah, no. Yeah. Do you have any kids? No. Are you sure? But I'm ready. I'm ready. I've got <laughs> all of that jokes. Step daddy, step daddy, buddy. Anyway. Um, Port Adelaide players. I actually don't mind Boak.
1: The the thing is, there's a really good game that is on at the same time.
0: Yes, actually, that is very true. And we'll go to that one right now, which is Carlton versus North Melbourne at Marvel. Patrick Cripps, 30-plus touches, 2-plus goals, Bank it.
1: Yeah, he could go absolutely large. The only thing is hamstring issue, and I know he looked fine last weekend, but it could ping at any time. I don't care. Um, care. So that's why it'd be a VC for me only. Um, We're lucky that there's a few really good options on the Sunday as well, so if you want to somehow ignore the Melbourne game, I don't know how you could. Um, Cripps is a nice VC option you could lead into one of the 28 Dogs players who could score 160. (laughs)
0: Moving into Sunday, Collingwood versus Gold Coast Suns. You know, I'm just going to say this is a really random one. Jared Witt could go absolutely fucking huge against Collingwood.
1: Yeah, I don't mind it. I don't mind it. Um, You wouldn't captain him, though. That's the thing. And yeah, the game will is overlaps a little bit with the Dogs game. Yeah. Yeah, I just got to give an option and...
0: If you're really fucked and you're really thinking who's a Uber Duba Duba POD fucking captain option, I actually don't. It, it's risky, but I can see Wits destroying, absolutely fucking destroying. Yeah. Um,
1: um. I also, if you're a Turk Miller owner, I can see him returning to his one hundred and fifty plus oh, yeah. uh, ways. In this I, one, I think, this is this is the one where he stamps himself as hey, I haven't gone anywhere, um, and I'm still around, so I really like yeah. Tuke in this one. Yep, agreed, agreed. Don't like anyone from Collingwood,
0: uh, no, because it's Collingwood. Yep, that's fair. Uh, Western Bulldogs versus Essendon at Marvel Stadium, fucking rattle off 50 bajillion names. The only thing is, at the moment, and oh, I, this sounds really weird. The way that Bevo's handling McRae and shit at the moment is actually really concerning me.
1: McRae rocked on the weekend, I don't know. That's what I mean. He's just he's cooked. I don't like you gotta sack
0: Yeah, everyone's talking about Ken Hinckley and Leon Cameron. You gotta fucking sack
1: Bevo, in my opinion.
0: Like, I just
1: Yeah, there's no way there's no way that team should be two and six. No way. Sorry, two and four. Two
0: and four. Yeah, although well, you might have just predicted them going two and six. Although I don't think they're going to lose to Essendon. Essendon did cooked. Essendon are uh, not beating the dogs. <laughs> but yeah, um, Timmy English. Oh no, he's not playing. Fuck. Uh,
1: yeah, Timmy English <laughs> will score really well this week, don't he? <laughs> ah, uh, Jack, Jack McRae,
0: Josh Dunkley. Take your pick, I guess. One of them's going to go big. The other one. Might? Yeah, uh,
1: guaranteed it'll be whoever I don't pick as captain because <laughs> last, I think every week I've gone with one of those guys as captain and the other one is the one that goes nuts. Um, I had Dunkley as my VC for three weeks in a row when McRae was going nuts um, and Dunkley hadn't had a big score in that whole time. Then I switch it over to McRae and, of course, McRae scored 92 and Dunkley goes 142. So don't ask me because I'll probably pick the wrong one. So who are you going with this week? No one. I'm, I'm having it out of the way by Sunday. I'm not... I'm not...
0: Oh, I just want to know. I just want to know. The listeners want to know who not to pick. Uh... All right, let's go McRae. McRae, I think, will score more. Okay, everyone bank on Dunkley then. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Parrish, considering Western Bulldogs don't tag.
1: Uh, he could be matched up on Libba though, and that's a little bit awkward because Libba is a very good negating midfielder. Yeah, okay, that's fair. Last He's not a game. tagger as such, but he does negate.
0: Last game is the Swans versus the Lions at the SCG. Now, Paddo. Outside midfielders score very, very, very good against Sydney for some reason. But inside mids don't score that well, which is really
1: weird. So yeah, Lockie at... Neal's last two against Sydney. So last year in his injury-affected season, he scored 77. That was round one, though, so he wasn't injured at that stage. The year before, which is the year that, that Lockie Neal won the Brownlow in a runaway, um, scored 55. That's This is what I mean. So inside I... mids. Would not be touching Lockie. Yeah, because Calum Mills is on them.
0: <clears throat> McCluggage is playing more on a wing, isn't he? Or is he more in the mid, in the inside? No, nah, he's more of a wing. I reckon McCluggage could go fucking boonah in this game. Maybe. But we're looking at captain options. If if you're relying on McCluggage to go boonah and it pays off, then fucking good on you. Um...
1: May Except I'll... no one's got the luggage.
0: Inside mids are kind of neutral against Brisbane, um, scoring-wise.
1: Heaney, I don't I'll... mind, as a risk.
0: Yeah? Yeah? Yeah.
1: Because uh... if Papley's named forward and Heaney's named midfield, um, it could be worth the gamble. But I think there's much better options over the weekend.
0: Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I'm just gonna say something about the Western Bulldogs. I want to go back to the Western Bulldogs and um, uh, was it Essendon? Essendon game. Yeah, have you seen Western Bulldogs actually fucking suck against key forwards? Yeah, have you seen their backline? Like, it's tiny. Like key key forwards. Not. I'm not talking like you're fucking little dudes. I'm yeah. I'm Peter Wright, mate this is just off on a tangent, everyone. Peter Wright could go four plus. He could. Yeah, I was just yeah, just looking at this sheet then. Anyway, um yeah, Pato, do you want to say your Twitter handle for everyone so they know who to sledge when you start going off your, yeah. your knockers?
1: It's at B-A-T-T-O-S-C-C. and mine is at
0: D A N E O S T C. Um yeah, shout out to the draft doctors. Uh I was doing a little bit of cheeky banter with Stevie over Twitter. So he gave us a sh- <laughs> shout-out. Um, I've got to ask, actually, Pado, They had a question on their podcast. What's, like, the dodgiest thing you've done in a draft league that was kind of frowned upon? The dodgiest go- thing? Yeah. So I, I I, had two examples. Steve mentioned one because we did it at the same time, which was where, like, on a, one Sunday, the waiver-wise opened up the free agency pool, so we both fucking raided the fuck out of it when it was like a glitch. So, we had to put them all back into the pool and then the waiver wire reset and shit. But the other time in our home keeper league, and Stevie didn't mention this, um, a lot of them are draft players and not classic players as super coach. So, I think it was like my first season. I actually did the VC loophole in our draft league. And everyone absolutely flipped their fucking shit. And they actually made a rule that you can't take a VC score on like a Thursday or whatever. Like you have to do a straight captain. If the captain is a laid out, then so be it. Then you get the VC score. But yeah, they flipped their shit at me for taking the VC score, putting a non-playing player on the field and putting that, that down as C. Very interesting.
1: Yeah. Have you had anything like that? No, I'm not a huge league. draft player. I love playing drafts. I usually win drafts, and that's why I don't get invited to them anymore. <laughs> um, but I am a slut for just studying everything, studying rolling averages, opponents, just working the waiver of the wire. And people hate it because I jump on these guys, I'll score 140 for a few weeks, and then and then whoever off. they were replacing comes back, and I'll jump off and, and get on the next guy that's replacing someone in the midfield. So um, I had a really good draft record, and that's why... People don't like playing with me.
0: we got to do a draft league together, man. Or we're going to be fucking Yeah, mental. absolutely. It'll be mental. It'll be mental. Anyway, yeah. from us at the Supercoach Co-Captains, I'm Dano. And I'm Paddo. And this is us signing...
1: The fuck off. Yeah, boy.